Hello, everybody, and welcome to the JP Money Podcast. This is your host, Jordan, and thank you for listening to today's show. We're going to get into an important topic. We're going to talk about credit scores, how and why they are calculated, and what they're used for. So should be an important episode. Look forward to it. I, you know, I just think about two moments in my life growing up five or 10 years ago that were kind of enlightening for me as I began to think about what a credit score is and, and using a credit card and, and having debt, things that were all kind of new to me at the time. And uh, I was at Michigan State University and I was able to you know sign up with uh, the local bank here, the local credit union. And of course, they hand out credit cards to young undergrad college students, as, as many do across the, uh, across the United States of America, uh, before some laws were passed to kind of um, eliminate that from happening or, or lessen the impact uh, from perhaps what some would call predatory lending, uh, feeding on you know, 18, 19-year-olds that aren't real sure about what credit even is and how damaging it can be if you don't know what it is or how to use it. And I, of course, signed up for one of these cards. And, um, you know, a few weeks later, I found myself back down in my hometown of Niles, Michigan. And in Niles, there's a uh, there's a lighthouse mall uh, across the state line. You actually have to go down into Indiana, go about 30 minutes west, and you hit this, this city, which ironically is called Michigan City, even though it's in Indiana. And, uh, you know, you have this nice mall. And I went into the store there. Uh, winter was rapidly approaching, and I referee... Uh, at the time, all over, uh, you know, Ohio, Indiana, and Michigan, and get kind of cold. And and uh, so I saw these coats that were on sale. Uh, they were like, uh, you know, $100 coats that uh, were marked up, you know, 70% off, something along those lines. And I thought, this is such a good deal. I have to take advantage of this, okay, as so many uh, consumers do. And I don't know if it was like a Black Friday or if it was, you know, right before the Christmas season. So, you know, stores are trying to give you the best price possible or, you know, marking it up and then slashing it 70% off, whatever they need to do, whatever their marketing tricks are. But they got me and I got into the store called Columbia. Okay. It's a, it's a sport brand, particularly for winter gear. And uh, I walked away with like five coats. Okay. It was like $300 worth of coats. But in my mind, I was getting a deal because it was like a thousand dollars worth of value that I was getting for only approximately three hundred bucks. Now, of course, I didn't have three hundred bucks at the time because I made a decent amount of money for a nineteen-year-old, but also spent a lot of money for a nineteen-year-old. And so I put it on the credit card because uh, it was all I had at the time. And I remember being aware that it probably wasn't a wise decision. And I knew, like, all right, the second I get three hundred dollars, I need to pay off this credit card. And, um, you know, I paid it off probably two months later. Honestly, I can't remember if it was past the due date or not. So I honestly can't remember if there was any interest charge charged or, you know, negative impacts on my credit score for that. But the moral of the story was I fell prey to this. And I'm a pretty aware guy when it comes to comes to spending. Um, so just a big mistake on my part. I uh, haven't done that again since then. Um, and then another one was, you know, I was driving, I think, to go refereeing again. And I was with uh, my brother-in-law, Andy, uh, and we pulled into the local bank. And this one isn't so much a credit card usage, but I I took my debit card and we went to the ATM and we did the drive-through there because I said, hey, Andy, I got to stop. I got to, you know, I got to get $50 so I can pay this guy gas money or so we can stop and get food or whatever it was. And uh, put in the card, put in my code, and I 
requested the $50 and this, this sign came flashing on the screen that said insufficient funds. Okay. Super embarrassing. Like, I couldn't believe it. I like, I got red in the face, kind of looked at Andy, like he was laughing at me because I had, didn't have $50 in my bank account. And then I thought I did. So I tried to, you know, withdraw the money from the ATM and it literally said insufficient funds available. So of course I narrowed it down and said, well, at least let me take out 25. And I tried to take out 25 flashing signs, insufficient funds available. And, um, you know, these are just two, two examples of how five, 10 years ago, how just unaware I was of my spending, my account balances, my credit, you know, even what the difference between a credit card and a debit card was. So, you know, and as I get into today's episode, if this seems kind of elementary, um, I'm hoping that maybe it reaches a few of you and maybe teaches you a thing or two about what those terms mean, uh, why they're important, how they're calculated, uh, et cetera. So uh, thanks again for joining me on the JP Money Podcast. Let's get into it. Let's jump right in. So we're going to talk about uh, how a, how a credit score is calculated, okay? And you know, I mean, basically, a credit score can be an important thing for you. It can be an important tool. Uh, basically, it, it tells the the lender how responsible you are managing debt and man- managing your payments uh, and your history with debt. Uh, now, me, generally speaking, I'm pretty debt averse. Um, I don't currently have any debt uh, whatsoever. Um, and I do that intentionally. Uh, certainly could get access to tons of different loans for a lot of different things. Um, just generally my own sort of risk analysis. I'm pretty averse to that. Uh, other people have been very successful using debt, using leverage as a way to, you know, beat inflation and and grow their, uh, you know, grow their net worth statements. And uh, I'm not really here to debate that today. Uh, this is more about if you need to get access to a loan, you know, one of the major things that uh, loan servicers or banks are going to look at is your credit score. Uh, they're going to do a hard pull on your credit score and they're going to see uh, what your score is. And, uh, and if you have a really good score, they might give you more money and give you a better interest rate on that money. Um, if you have a bad credit score, uh, they might still lend you money, but it'll be at a higher interest rate and therefore it's going to be more expensive to you. And this is something that is in a lot of ways in your control if you know how it's calculated and what it is. Uh, so whether or not you're looking to take out a loan, it's a good idea to just kind of keep this thing strong. Uh, that way, if you do need to access it at some point in time, you know you're sitting at a, a good score. So uh, here's just according to a nerd wallet, uh, how they kind of rank a, uh, you know, a bad score to a good score scale. So if you have a credit score between 300 and 629, that would be considered a bad score, probably not going to be able to access many loans. And if you do, it's going to be at a, a very high rate. A fair score is considered a 630 uh, to 689. A good score uh, is 690 to 719. And an excellent score is 720 to 850. Okay, I'm not really sure if it goes even above 850. If you're sitting in 800, you're doing quite well. 
as far as your credit score goes. Uh, so that's what, you know, if you are able to access, uh, you know, one measure of that, um, you know, of that credit score, because sometimes it's, it's difficult to access it, uh, you know, immediately. But, uh, you know, I know my credit union and if you download an account with uh, Credit Karma, you can sort of see and get a picture of what credits, you know, uh, you have, what your credit history is. And a lot of times they'll show you your score or my uh, bank uses a, a FICO score, uh, which uh, stands for the Fair Isaac Corporation. It's a score that's been around for 70 years or so uh, that will give you a good approximation um, that you can access pretty easily for what your credit score is. So you should be able to find a way to check it out and be aware of what it is. And, you know, if you're sitting below 650, you probably should, you know, utilize some of the things we talk about in this episode to try to improve that a little bit. And, you know, if you're above a 700, you're probably sitting pretty good. Certainly above 750 to uh, 800, you're, you're starting to look at a very strong credit score. And, you know, money has been so easily accessible um, you know, due to the low interest rate environment we've had the past five, 10 years. Uh, that's changed sharply now in the past six months. If you've been paying attention to the news, even home mortgage rates were, I think, uh, sub 3% uh, at the beginning of 2022. And now they're up in the six, seven, 8% range. Uh, so that is a striking difference. Uh, I might even say historic difference in the rapid rise of um, interest rates. And that matters if you're looking to take out a loan. So as I said earlier, one of the main things you can do is control your credit score or make some optimal decisions to improve your credit score uh, to be able to get the best interest rate possible. And, and you know, one thing I, I don't personally recommend doing, this is going to be mathematically incorrect. So don't, you know, hit me up on the Twitters and say, hey, Jordan, your math's strong, fix it. Uh, because there's an emotional side uh, and a psychological side to taking out debt, and there's a mathematical uh, side. You know, if you can, you know, if you're going to earn on average eight percent in the stock market, for instance, and you have access to a loan that's less than eight percent, which just about every loan has been the past ten years, mathematically, it makes sense to just take out a bunch of debt and invest it all in the stock market because in the end, you're going to come out ahead. Okay. Nobody would logically do that. Um, so I just, I just don't buy the mathematical argument. Otherwise you should just take out and leverage everything, uh, which maybe you do. Maybe it works out for you. Who knows? I don't recommend it. Um, but you know, the reason why I bring that up is because, uh, the, what some people will do is they'll borrow money from family members. And I have always been really against that. Even like my mom and dad, as I think I shared on an earlier episode, paid, made cash payments for some of my college. And I really, really wish if I could go back in time, bless my mom and dad, I'm very thankful that they did that. Uh, I would not have allowed them to do that. Uh, I, I would have thought through what my college degree was. I would have done it more affordable. I would have worked harder. Um, I would have been smarter about the cost of college. I would have chosen a more lucrative career path financially speaking. Um, and if I needed to borrow money to, to pay, then I would do that. And I did do that. Um, but I just don't personally, I'm not real comfortable getting in family involved with lending money. Now, if family wants to give you money, um, great. And that's what my parents did. I didn't pay them back for the, the money that they gave me for school. Um, 
but and, and many parents will want to do that if they're able to, and that's great. Um, but money, money in families can be awkward. Um, you know, if if mom and dad give you a bunch of money for you to make your first down payment on a house, I don't. For me, psychologically, there's like this. Even if they totally mean it as a gift and they're totally great about it, and it's no big deal to them, it's something they want to do there's this psychological aspect to, okay, I'm always feeling like I either got to pay them back or anytime they want to come over to the house, it's free reign because they paid for part of this. I'm just not real comfortable with that. And it doesn't matter if the amount of money's, you know, a hundred dollars or if it's a hundred thousand dollars, that's where I'm at personally. And I'm very aware of that and comfortable with that. So it works for me. You might be different. That's fine. Uh, and the reason why I say it's mathematically, you know, incorrect what I'm doing because family will oftentimes give a loan and they will charge 0% interest, right? Mom and dad will say, Hey, here's 30 grand. Use this as a down payment on your house. We'd love for you to buy a house here. Uh, and you do that and, and then you'd pay them back and they charge no interest. Like mathematically. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm very averse to that. I, I don't, I just personally, you know, giving is great. Borrowing from family members, things get a little bit dicey, get a little bit awkward. Um, you know, you know, I mentioned scripture here on the podcast a handful of times, uh, and there's a good, there's a good proverb, uh, you know, in chapter 22 in Proverbs verse seven, it says the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. Uh, and, and that's just one that sticks with me. Every time I take out any form of debt, I am immediately like, I got to pay this back ASAP. Um, you know, and obviously for something like a mortgage, it's probably larger with hopefully lower interest in an asset that's hopefully growing over time. Um, that's different than a lot of other types of debts. Like I said, borrowing from family or, um, you know, a student loan or car loan or uh, just a normal old loan you take out from the bank for whatever reason. Uh, those are things that I'm very averse to. Um, so, uh, you know, I think I've, I've said what I needed to say on that point, but, uh, just be cautious. I would, I would say, um, taking money, whether it be, you know, as a loan or a gift, but certainly as a loan from family, cause things can just get, can just get awkward. And I don't have any personal experience with that. Um, but that's just from what I've heard and what I've listened to and what I've read and stuff. That's something that's, um, I would personally stay away from at all costs. Uh, and you know, it just makes me think of a, a quote. I've said this quote here on the, on the show before. The quote is, uh, it's Warren, Warren Buffett's, I think, where he says, when the, when the tide goes out, you find out who's been swimming naked. And, you know, I just bring this up because I, I really want people, myself included, to be cautious about a scenario where debt can go very, very wrong. Uh, there's been a lot of examples lately of how debt has gone really, really right. For instance, you take out $20,000 in student loans and then the government decides to forgive it. All right. You probably feel and look like a genius when that happens. Hey, $20,000 free dollars that I now have access to that I didn't otherwise had I not taken the debt. College is literally free. All right. That is, I would assume, a once in a lifetime opportunity enjoy it if you got it. Or, you know, you buy a $300,000 house, you put no money down uh, in 2018, and then voila, 
three years later, your $300,000 house is now a $450,000 house. And, you know, half of your debt is basically, um, you know, made up for in the equity that you've gained in your house due to the, you know, increase in home values. Two good examples of how debt can work out in your favor. Okay. But those, that's not always the case. All right. As you probably know, the recent housing increase in prices was uh, historic uh, for how quick and how much uh, home values increase. And, uh, you know, those have started to decline a little bit, uh, at least with the higher interest rates now for for loans. But, um, you know, those are two examples of how taking out loans and going into debt can make you feel really, really well about your decision. All right. And I don't really have much experience with uh, that. The loan that I took out was for college and it was the stupidest loan of all time. Uh, I took out up to $50,000 in loans to pay for a college degree in teaching, which is arguably the highest needs field in the country because the job is so challenging uh, and so unattractive to you know, new candidates that I think they're even like lessening the requirement to become a teacher right now. You can like put your name on a website and submit your name. And they're like, here you go. Here's a teaching cert. And I'm not trying to discourage you young teachers out there that are getting into it. But I, I really think the bar has dropped so far uh, in the last 20, 30 years on what it means to be a teacher. And I think there's going to be some really difficult outcomes, you know, 20, 30 years down the road uh, for that, unfortunately. Um, and just the, the job doesn't pay a lot of money in addition to being a very difficult job. So that type of taking out debt was just a really poor decision on my part. Uh, and I was too young to know better. So learn from my mistake and, and do better if you're a young person. Um, but the opposite has been true too. P- people have taken out debt and then have drowned in it and really bad things can happen. Relationships can be fractured. Marriages can divorce. People commit suicide. I mean, really, really bad things happen when you take out irresponsible debt and things don't go the way you plan them to go, right? As there's Dave Ramsey calls it, Murphy's Murphy's Law, right? When things can go bad, uh, they will. And, and taking out debt, particularly excessive debt that's irresponsible, has the ability to backfire, uh, hit you in the face, uh, and then compound against you. All right. This whole, one of the whole purposes of this whole podcast is to get people to realize the importance of compound interest. And it works in your favor when you buy assets that grow. And it works against you when you go into debt and then all of a sudden you can't pay that debt. Now you're, you're paying interest on that. Uh, so a lot of people, a lot of people in 2006, 2007 that were snatching up houses uh, you know, cause houses were going to the moon, uh, and they took out debt and then saw their home values crumble by half the value and they lost their job. Those are things that take a lifetime sometimes to recover from. Uh, and you're not clear minded when you're making decisions when things aren't going well. Uh, so there's just a lot working against you when you're irresponsible uh, with, with debt. And, and I would just hate to be in the situation where, 
Uh, certainly if you take out a, a family loan, you know, which was the point I was talking about earlier, you know, you're probably not going to default on that and they're not going to seize your home from you because they're probably going to support you because they're your family, but they might be going through a tough time too. And then they might say, Hey, you owe me $15,000 that I lent you for the down payment on your house. Now I need that back. They're calling your loan. You can't pay it back. And there's going to be some form of collateral. That's going to be ugly. Uh, might be a lawsuit. All right. And you might think, come on, my family's not going to sue me. It happens more than you think. Again, I have zero experience with this and none of my close friends or family have any experiences with this to my knowledge, but just, just reading about it and hearing about it. I know that it happens all over the country and probably all over the world. Uh, family friendships and relationships can be fractured real quickly over the concept of, of money. Okay. Um, so you just want to be real, real smart about that. Be real clear about that. So you can, uh, you know, um, be responsible with debt. All right. The credit score, getting back to that, uh, there's basically three credit bureaus, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax. Uh, these are, uh, just like I said, credit bureaus that keep track of your financial history. They compile the score on your behalf. And when a lender wants to, uh, access your credit score to figure out if they're going to lend you money or not. And at what interest rate, uh, they will uh, make a hard pull or a soft pull. Uh, a soft pull does not impact your credit score. It just basically does a quick check and sees whether or not, um, you know, what, what you, roughly what your score is and what debts you uh, have or what your credit history is. Uh, a hard pull gives them the full access to your uh, financial history. And uh, obviously, if they're going to be lending you money, um, largely they'll be giving you a hard pull, which is going to have a short-term impact on your credit score. Handful of points, not a huge deal. Uh, but if you, you hear someone mentioning, is this a hard pull or a soft pull, that's what they're, that's what they're referring to. Um, so here are the five factors that go into your credit score. Uh, so number one, the biggest, uh, approximately 35% of your overall credit score comes from the most important thing, uh, paying your bills on time. All right. If you owe people money and you do not make the monthly payments, whether it's a student loan, whether it's a credit card bill, whatever it is, uh, you need to pay it on time. Uh, if you don't, uh, then uh, that's going to have a pretty big impact on your credit score. So you do not want to miss any payments. This is probably one of the biggest reasons why uh, using a credit card can be very dangerous if you don't have some cash reserves and you don't know what you're doing and you're not fiscally responsible. Okay. Um, so yeah, paying your bills on time, biggest thing that goes into your credit score, 35%. Uh, the second one is uh, the amount of money uh, you owe. In other words, uh, we call this credit utilization, your utility. Um, you want this to be uh, basically less than 30%, the amount of money you owe, uh, the amount of money you have charged to these different credit, credit accounts. Um, you want it to be less than 30% of what you have access to overall, okay? In other words, if you have a one credit card and it's a $10,000, uh, limit on your credit card, you never want to let that balance. Uh, even if you're paying it off in full, uh, you know, every month, you don't want that thing to be more, uh, than $3,000. In other words, um, you know, 30%. So 
that is what's factored into 30% of your overall credit score. So well over half of your credit score comes from paying your bills on time and your credit utilization. All right. Uh, the credit age, uh, meaning how long you've had credit, uh, and not, you know, defaulted or, or, you know, went into bankruptcy or something along those lines, uh, accounts for 15% of your overall credit score. So not as big as those first two, but still a nice little chunk. Um, you know, and I suppose my advice here and what I've done personally is like that credit card I mentioned earlier that I got when I was in college, I still have that. There's no annual fee on it. Uh, the uh, credit, uh, the line of credit is quite small and I rarely use it. I use it maybe twice a year on something very small just to show that the account still exists. Um, but that is a, uh, you know, that is your, your credit age. So, uh, the longer you have these, uh, loans or credits, uh, that you've taken out, then the higher your score will be. Uh, number four is your credit mix 10%. So if you have one credit card and that's the only debt you've ever taken out, uh, your credit score might be a little bit lower because uh, the credit mix shows that you've taken out different types of debt instruments, whether it's student loan, a mortgage, a car loan, a credit card, line of credit, uh, personal loan, Those uh, that would be a good mixture of loans. So that would increase your score a little bit the more different types you have. And then number five is how recently you applied for credit. So when you take out a new card, there might be a very short term decrease in your credit score. And from what I've heard this, I don't really access new credit very often. So uh, from what I heard, it only falls a few points and it usually rebounds um, once you make your first few payments on it. So uh, that one's not too concerning. That one's also 10%. uh, So hopefully those numbers added up to 100% overall. Uh, But the, uh, you know, how recently you applied for credit is going to have an impact. So if you're taking out a big loan, like the most important loan of your life, like a mortgage or something like that, and you're going for 200,000, don't take out some small little credit card uh, the day before because you're going to have that short-term hit uh, to your credit score and you're going to want it to be the best you know, the best rate possible for, for your larger loan like a mortgage. And one other related concept that I want to bring up uh, as far as TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. There it is. So when you're working with those three credit bureaus and a potential fraud situation comes up, which seems to be really prevalent these days uh, with just the increase in online activity and whatnot. Uh, you know, if some Nigerian prince gets a hold of your gets a hold of your account information or your social security number, um, two things you might want to consider doing as far as your credit report goes. You don't want anyone accessing that uh, other than you, uh, because you know they will or, or what will happen sometimes is. Uh, a fraudster that gets access to your personal information might try to take out a loan in your name. And when that happens, a a credit pull, as I mentioned earlier, will happen at one of those three or all three of those credit bureaus. Uh, And so if you get, you know, in the mail, uh, congratulations, you've been approved for a $50,000 loan to Lowe's or whatever and you know that it's not you, you can do one of two things. Uh, Number one, you can put an alert on your credit, um, meaning that if uh, the uh, person is trying to take out a loan in your name, uh, there's going to have to be, the lender will see that there's an alert 
and they will go through extra steps to verify that person's identity and verify that they are who they say they are. So that's one very simple thing you can do. I believe if you just contact one of them, it will be a universal alert that's on your account. I want to say it lasts one year. Uh, it could be that could be changed. I'm not sure, but um, last time I checked, that was the case. Uh, so that's something very simple you can do. It's literally just a phone call. It doesn't take very long. Now, if things get more serious, uh, as like I said, if you know that your identity has been stolen and there's a criminal out there taking uh, loans out in your name and there's these constant credit um, alerts and constant um, credit polls that are happening on your on your credit report, uh, you can freeze your credit report, uh, which is like a hard freeze. No loans can be taken out in your name um, because of this fraudulent activity that's been going on. And um, the only way to take out a loan would be to unfreeze it. Uh, so, which is quite the process, you know, the, the, you, you'll have to put in all your personal information. They'll set you up with a unique account with all three of those credit bureaus. So I, I believe you have to go to all three of them and do this. It's much more in depth than the credit, um, alert. Uh, it's called a credit freeze. That's something you can do to protect your identity as well, to make sure other, uh, lenders are not accessing your credit report without your express permission. Okay. Without knowing that it's you. And that's just something that's been on the rise uh, the past several years. Um, so protecting, you know, as we all know, cybersecurity, protecting your identity is, is really important. Uh, but in the event that that happens, uh, those are two things you might consider uh, to help yourself out. Um, so that's how credit score is calculated. And that's how, uh, how you can protect some of the information. And those are some of the things to consider uh, when you're going into debt and taking out loans. So so that's what we got today, guys. Hope you uh, enjoyed the show and gave you a few things to think about. Um, have a wonderful rest of your week. And thanks for listening to the JP Money Podcast. Remember, tough times don't last, but tough people do. Have a good one. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, Jordan here, the host of the JP Money Show. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please share it with others if you found it useful or helpful. And remember, this is not intended to be financial advice, you should consult a professional financial advisor to help you run the numbers and look at your own personal financial situation. Thank you.